This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, happy Friday, everybody. It is the 10th of November live show today. Uh, We don't do a lot of recorded shows for obvious reasons, because typically I am here. So uh, in this case, though, if you're listening to a replay on another day, you know exactly what day it is. As I always say, live show the 10th. You can always go to our website and listen to past shows as well, ready-radio.com. If you're tuning in for the first time, this is a program we do weekly where we talk about It's a preparedness show, but really we talk about how to be prepared for the what-ifs of life. And then I do some things even outside of that a little bit at times, get into some of the auto sides of things and so on. And yes, we have drive radio on Saturdays. We do three hours of, but occasionally I'll weave some things into this one as well. And don't forget all of the great uh, sponsors that we have that make this show happen on a weekly basis. Please use them. Let them know you use them. Tell them you appreciate it. I do. It's because of them that we're able to do this on a weekly basis, and I really do appreciate each and every one of them and each and every one of you that listen in as well. If you have a question, by the way, you can call in directly, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. You can also text us a question, 307 200 And as... We go down the path of, really, there's a lot of unknowns. And we don't know, you know, you never know what tomorrow holds, but unknowns as in, what's the economy going to do? Is there going to be some sort of a natural disaster? What kind of a winter are we going to have? Uh, When it comes to EMPs, is there actually one coming? Uh, Tucker Carlson, I believe, was interviewed this last week, and not saying he's an expert on EMPs, but he feels that we are very vulnerable for an EMP strike. Now, I've, I have felt like we've been vulnerable for one, for or to one for a very long time, but, you know, is one going to happen anytime soon? I, I don't know. I don't have those answers. I don't think anybody does, by the way. At any rate, today I found an article that I wanted to talk about, and it is a solar storm. And I don't, again, I'm not an expert in this, But this is a very recent article from the 8th of November, so just a couple of days ago. It's on Fox Weather. Solar superstorm could wipe out the Internet for weeks or months, some scientists say. So I'll get into some of that, and a question I have today is, what would you do without the Internet? I mean, we have all become, myself included, what I'm doing right now, that article I'm looking at in a browser on my computer. No, I, other than printing the order of the commercials that come up throughout the day uh, that I do on a daily basis, and I don't even do that on Saturdays. So during the week, I print a piece of paper for Charlie, my engineer, to let him know who we're calling or who's calling in, you know, what that order is. And what I do As far as the order of commercials, outside of that, I use no paper. Everything I do is electronic. And I know a lot of folks still use paper. I'm I'm not one of them. I transitioned out of the paper world, gosh, when the Internet started, to be honest with you. As, As it's kept getting bigger and bigger and more and more things were on it, I kept using less and less paper. Uh, I, I think the last actual physical uh, 
written out day timer, uh, which I think back in the day, did, were they called day timers, Charlie? Was that the actual? I think it was the actual name. I mean, Rolodexes were for people's addresses and so on, and then day timers were an actual brand, I believe. And there were other types of day planners, I guess you could say, that folks use. But I actually used the day timer system back in the day. But as things became more electronic and you could share calendars and do sorts of things where, you know, at any point in time, in my case, there's several different people that have access to several different calendars that I use this show being one of them to where all the guests and people that are coming up on a daily basis here, Rush to Reason, you know, Ready Radio, Drive Radio, Fix It Radio, all of them, all shows. All of those, I've got a collaboration with others that can look at those calendars and see what's going on. I do the same thing in my business, and I do the same thing at home as our family. So I've got multiple calendars that are all shared, and you could not have done that back in the day with a paper calendar. Now, a lot of you still use paper calendars. I won't make fun of you, I promise. I don't know why you do, but a lot of people still do, and that's a personal choice. And and the reason I, I say I don't know why you do is when you have the ability now to calendar and share it with others, including those that are close to you so they know what's going on at any given point in time. And for me personally, it minimizes, quote unquote, some of the phone calls and or interruptions I might have during the day by having things done that way. So, for example, if my boys need something, they can look at my calendar and they know automatically, am I going to be on the phone at that point in time or not? So if they know that I'm going to be on the phone, they don't even bother calling. Why call if I'm not going to be able to pick up an answer? Same thing with my wife. She can look at the exact same thing and know the exact same answer. So in a lot of ways, it's a time saver and an interruption saver, if you would, by doing it. Now, not everybody does that. I get that. I frankly don't have a choice because I have to be that organized or I can't get everything done in the week that I do. And as you all know, I wear multiple hats. Again, if you're listening to this show for the first time, I don't just do this for an hour each week. I've got my daily show that's three hours. I do this show for an hour. I do four more hours tomorrow. I've got another business that we own that we you know own and operate, which my boys do most of, but I still help with them at different times. And then on top of that, I coach other businesses throughout the morning before doing what we come down here and do. So, yes, I wear a few hats, and I have to be very organized or I can't get all of those things done. There's no way, I, by the way, I could do all of that on paper and not have interruptions and other things. So this solar superstorm that could wipe out the Internet, you know, that caught my eye because it's it's sort of like, okay, what would we all do without it? Now, some would say, oh, we'd be better off without it. Would you? Would you? Keep in mind that for most people, not all, but I would say by and large, I may be, some of you that are in the telecommunications industry might want to chime in on this, either text me or call in. I am guessing in today's world, in the United States of America especially, that 80% or more, I might be low on that, but 80% or more either A, rely on their cell service as their home phone and their direct way of communicating, or if they have a quote-unquote desk phone, it's a voice over IP phone, meaning it runs across the Internet as well. Very, very few people have what we call a POTS line, plain old telephone service, 
or analog line, there's very, very few people out there that even have an old phone along those lines that actually plugs into the wall, you pick it up and dial. Most everything, even phone-related, runs over the Internet. Ours here do. In fact, it wasn't but a couple of weeks ago, we were having issues with our provider, and we were down with our phone lines. We were off and on for an entire week, not, it, sometimes not even being able to take calls from you all. We live in a digital age, and for some... Not having the Internet would be a complete life changer. In fact, some of you out there listening, business-wise, would not be in business without it. Now, we here, as far as the terrestrial end goes, and Charlie, make sure that I'm thinking through this correctly, but I think here we could work around that if the Internet was out, but we would definitely have some initial disruptions if the Internet goes completely out, and we definitely would not have any online ability for people to listen, of course, that's obvious. But uh, it, as far as how we communicate back and forth to the towers, Charlie, is that all via Internet or is that satellite or have we swapped things over along those lines? Okay, so we have a mixture of things even as a station. So as I said a moment ago, I'm not our, I'm not our technical department by any means, but I believe we would have to make some workarounds to even do what we do here daily because, again, technology improves, and even a lot of what we operate off of and even what we're running this show off of, we use the Internet on a pretty routine basis to make those things happen, including, at times, Charlie can even tap back in from home and do things from home that may need adjusted here to make sure everything is running properly, and he's not the only engineer that has the ability to do so. We've got others that also have that ability. So again, if the internet were to go completely out, would it change the way we deliver things to you all? Absolutely it would. You know, go back in time. You know, we we have some of you may or may not know this, but we've got listeners to not only this program but our daily and weekend programming that listen all over the country. They're not doing that through their antenna. They're doing that through either the computer or their phone either way running through the internet to hear us without internet of course they're not hearing us and or by the way anything else there's a lot of folks out there that even get their information either through a streaming service you know their entertainment i should say entertainment and information news through either a streaming service or from their phone or their computer we have moved past the era where most people got their information from an antenna. We, I, know, I know there's a lot of folks still listening in their car that are using an antenna to do so, but there's a lot of you listening that are either s- sitting at your desk, you're listening through your phone, you may be even listening in your car through your phone. So there are a lot of you out there to where the Internet going away would be a huge impact Upon your daily lives. In fact, this article, I want to read a few things out of this as we move along here, but I learned a few things in this because I, I had known a little bit about this, and I'll give you a few examples. We actually had, I've talked about this before on this program, we had a large solar storm back in the late 1800s, 1859 to be exact. We had a Carrington effect. 
And it's the last time that a CME has reached Earth. So it's not like it's never happened before. It has. And I'll give you a few stories when we come back along those lines. We'll take a break in a moment. But it did have an impact, although not the impact on daily lives it would have today because in 1859, we really only had the telegraph and limited electricity. Right, Charlie? Very limited in 1859. This is the mid-1800s. I'm not sure, Charlie, we even had widespread electricity at that point. It was pretty minimal who actually had, if any, electricity at all in 1859. Keep in mind, in the U.S., electricity really didn't become full bore until, what, Charlie, the early 1900s, I want to say? I'd have to go look at a, a you know look at a, a timeline to see exactly when things became widespread, but there were a lot of rural areas that didn't get electricity until what Charlie probably the twenties I want to say maybe teens and twenties I'd have to I'll have to look that up folks but so yeah so ra- yeah radio thank you Charlie radio didn't happen until really about nineteen twenty two or so we're a hundred year old station by the way KLZ is so really even radio didn't become a popular thing until the 20s. So again, we all have these short memories that we thought, you know, we think electricity's been around for a long, long time. And 100 years is a long time, don't get me wrong, but it's not that long in the grand scheme of things. And the reason why the last Carrington Effect CME didn't have a huge issue upon this country or any country for that matter is because we weren't, we weren't in a new age yet. I mean, Last time I checked, Charlie, 1859, there were still people probably getting hung in western towns and things along those lines. I mean, that was sort of the cowboy and Indian day in the 1850s. So it was a different time here on Earth than what we have today. So would a all-out outage of the Internet cause huge disruptions? In fact, I'll go as far as to say enough disruptions that people will die over it. I know you're thinking that I'm crazy and saying that. Don, how could people not live without the Internet? You would be surprised. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. It would be that big of a disruptor to where between the mental state of some to the physical state of others to what we do technologically speaking, even in our hospitals and such, a disruption of that magnitude would have ill effects upon the world, not only not not including you know not just the United States of America. So, I'll talk a little more about that question I have for you. Throw this out to you all. What do you do without the internet? 303-477-5600. You can text us your answer as well. 307-200-8222. But what do you do without the internet? All right. Don't forget. You need to be able to see regardless of what happens to the internet. And it's really important if there is some sort of an event that you're able to even see then with all of the proper eyewear. And remember, you're not just going to run down, in, in a big, you know, in a big dramatic event like a EMP, for example, you're not running down to the local store and getting another pair of glasses. They won't exist. So are you all stocked up? Do you have what you need? Can you see properly? Have you had your last eye exam? If not, get into Stack Optical. Have them do all of that for you, including the eye exam. They have a very inexpensive exam to get you started, and you should do that annually anyways. 303-321-1578, Stack Optical. 
Are you looking for a healthcare provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and Integrative Healthcare, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. Are you tired of those unsightly sunken concrete areas around your property? Look no further than Raise Tech Concrete Leveling. Proudly serving the Colorado and surrounding communities, we understand the unique challenges posed by clay-rich soils. Does your garage or basement floor show signs of settling? Even those finished basements can experience issues, but don't worry. Our solution can save you both time and money compared to costly replacements. Introducing our revolutionary high-density polyurethane foam injection. We use a DOT-approved formula that's trusted on highways, ensuring top-tier quality for your project. While we can't fix structural issues, we can tackle a wide range of sunken concrete problems. And here's the best part. Our process is quick and hassle-free. Our expert team offers free inspections, taking just about 15 minutes of your time. One great thing is you don't even have to be home for the inspection. We want to ensure your complete satisfaction. Ready to take the first step toward a more even, safe, and beautiful property? Call Chadwick Gardner today at 970-682-5129. That's 970-682-5129. Race Tech Concrete Leveling. Lifting your concrete, lifting your spirits. Don't settle for sunken concrete any longer. Call us now at 970-682-5129. Are you tired of being cooped up inside during the long, cold Colorado winter? Bring a touch of warmth and greenery to your backyard with a custom greenhouse from Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Our team of experts specializes in designing and building greenhouses that will enhance any outdoor space. Our greenhouses are made with the highest quality materials and are built to withstand the harsh Colorado winters. Plus, with a variety of styles and sizes to choose from, we can create the perfect greenhouse to fit your needs and budget. Imagine growing your own fresh herbs and vegetables, even during the winter, or creating a beautiful garden oasis in the comfort of your own home. Don't let the cold weather stop you from enjoying the benefits of gardening. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders today and start planning your dream greenhouse. Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Call 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972. And it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you 
can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. With hail season behind us now and snow season fast approaching, we here at Roof Savers Colorado want to help ensure that your roof can brave whatever elements this season ushers in. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners evaluate the best option for their situation. If you're looking to get more life out of your current roof, we offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. However, in the event a replacement is necessary, we will also work with any insurance company to get a damaged roof the replacement it needs. Do not let your home fall victim to the ever-changing Colorado climate. Be proactive and set up your free inspection to receive an honest evaluation of the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep your roof ready for wherever Colorado throws its way. All right, Ready Radio, KLZ 560, ready-radio.com is our website. Some of you, by the way, this last week have asked, where can we get collectively together with others that are like-minded in this area? And uh, an American Contingency is not necessarily a sponsor of ours, but we partner with them, and they are listed on our website. You can go there, click on it, find people near you. That's exactly what they do. We interview them on a routine basis. So American Contingency, it's right on the website, ready Radio. Dot com. Mark and Wiggins also appreciate you and your faithfulness. And he said, happy birthday, Marines, and also gave me a few ideas on if the Internet goes out, what do you do? Somebody else texted in and said, um, yeah, it would be a much bigger deal than most people probably realize. So I want to get into that here with all of you. And I really think personally even... How do you plan for a situation where you wouldn't have the Internet? And think, think about this for a minute, folks. I really it, it, Just take a few minutes. Maybe what each one of us should do is even sit for a minute and write down the things that we are dependent on for the Internet. I will be the first to tell you that I will have to go through and dig through some boxes to even find an old map. Now, I live in an area that I've lived in my entire life, so it's not like I need one to get around or to get from A to B because I've lived here forever. So I don't necessarily need one, including even traversing our mountains and so on. Again, I've lived here my whole life, even most of the back roads and so on. I pretty much know and don't need it necessarily for that. But I don't I'll be I'll be the first to tell you I haven't used an actual physical paper map in decades. I doubt, Charlie, if you have. I just It's not something that we pull out anymore. So I don't have a physical map. A lot of us, when we have even a medical issue of some kind, where's the first place we turn, by the way? And I'll just be the first to tell you, you don't pick up the phone and call the doctor because, first of all, you're not going to get a hold of them. You're going to be on hold, and most of us don't want to wait. So you turn to WebMD or the Internet. You put in your symptoms. And you try to see what it says, right, Charlie? That's what we do. Oh, and and uh, VoIP, you, you mean VoIP? You mean vo- Internet? Yeah, the, like I said a few minutes ago, the, the Internet, um, 
it is responsible for the majority of what we would even do to make that phone call. Most of you use that, and you're not calling the doctor. Even if the cell phone is up, unless you have, which, by the way, they use a lot of the Internet to do what they do, so if it's down, we are still going to have issues. But keep in mind, the doctor's office at the other end are most likely going to have VoIP, so voice over Internet, voice over IP, most of the doctor's offices that you would even be calling if, in fact, your cell phone works aren't going to be able to answer because they're using the same technology. So for a lot of us, you have a little illness. You're not feeling well. You've got a sprain or whatever. The first thing we do is we go to Mr. Google and we try to figure out what's the problem. What do we do? A lot of us, even in our business lives, will use the Internet for all sorts of different things we may and go and look up. Again, what I do here daily, I, I look up on the Internet. A lot of the facts and figures and audio clips and the videos that I watch and even the things that I bring you all on a routine basis comes from the Internet. I've done this show so long that, yes... Back when I first started doing drive radio, we used a lot of paper. You would bring different articles in and so on, and we did things that way. But it wasn't much. I mean, keep in mind, the Internet really started to become more and more popular in the mid-90s. It was slow, and we had dial-up or an ISDN line if you really had fancy service, but it was, or a T1 if you were really good. But it was slow even at best. And you waited for either that handshake to go across the modem to make a connection to then bring down the information you were looking for or to send an email or to do whatever the case may be. And a lot of us, even in our finances, we use the Internet to check on those things. You use Internet banking. You don't call the, you don't call the bank and ask what your daily balance is. You can look at it with an app on your phone or you go to the computer and check it. So my point is... Go through and look at all of the different things that you do on the Internet. Somebody said it could also be a blessing. And yes, I, it could be. Although, this same person we're texting back and forth. You take a lot of the young people that are out there, and I'm talking young people as in 40 and under, would they know how to even function in life without the Internet? Could they live even a week without it? Honestly, folks, I'm not sure they can. Let's just say that that would be almost as detrimental as losing power. We've become so dependent on the Internet that I'm not sure most could function. And a lot of things would have to go back to, you know, regular telephone service and so on. If we had an extended, as this article is talking about, if we had any kind of an extended Internet outage, it would change the makeup of what we do. And some, I, I, I don't want to be, you know, morbid here, folks, but I, I could see suicides and all sorts of things increasing because people just wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, Charlie just said severe depression. Thank you. Yes, you're right, Charlie. Very much so. And by the way, in people that you wouldn't think would be that way, but they will. 
Some people's entire social life is driven from the Internet. You lose that, they lose all social capabilities, and we as social creatures, that person, they're, they're out on a limb, and to Charlie's point, severe depression sets in, and yes, suicides will go up. Now, this article isn't getting into those, although it, it, would, be, it would be bad. I, I don't even want to think about how bad that would be. But this article talks about how we marvel at the Northern Lights, but that same solar system energy could one day create what one researcher described as an Internet apocalypse. The Internet has come of age during a time when the sun has been relatively quiet, and now it's entering a more active time, says Professor Peter Becker of George Mason University. It's the first time in human history that there's been an intersection of increased solar activity with our dependence on the Internet and our global economic dependence on that same Internet. Becker is a lead investigator on a project with the school and the Naval Research Laboratory to create an early warning system. So, folks, again, this isn't something that people are just dreaming up. This isn't a conspiracy. Our sun is active. It is, as all stars are, a dying star. It will not last forever. And I'm not going to be here and debate how old it is. Reality is, as every star is, dying. There can be increased solar activity as it runs through its cycle. So can a solar superstorm, or what can a solar superstorm do to Earth? There's been a lot of solar flares, Becker said. Flares are when the sun brightens, and we see the radiation, and that's kind of a muzzle flash. And then the cannon shot is a coronal mass ejection, or a CME. We can see the flash, but then the coronal mass ejection, the CME, can go off in some random direction in space, but we can still tell when they're actually going to head towards Earth, and that gives us about 18 hours of warning. Maybe 24 hours of warning before those particles actually get to Earth and start messing with the Earth's magnetic field. By the way, if you want to read a book along these lines, and I have, read 48 hours. It's essentially this event happening to Earth and what happens. Large blobs of plasma or superheated matter fly through space in a CME. A percentage hit the Earth, which distorts our planet's magnetic field. That third prong on the electric plug, which usually gives excess electrical charges a safe place to go, becomes like one big electrical circuit. So the Earth, in that case, is no longer the ground. Think of it that way. Right now, when you ground, we don't really realize this, but that third leg, that that ground, literally goes to Earth. That's the ground. You can go look in your panel chase the ground wires out, and look at where it goes into a big rod driven into the earth. That's the ground rod. All of you electricians know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you that aren't electricians still know what I'm talking about. Well, if the earth is now electrified, quote-unquote, that ground isn't helping you. It's actually hurting you and could have the opposite effect in how we look at things and how we really have understood things in the past to work. He goes on. And then you get this kind of insidious thing where you could actually get current from the ground, i.e. what I just explained. 
So everybody thinks, oh, my computer's grounded, I'm okay. But in an event like this, if you drive inductive currents to the surface of the Earth, it can almost work backwards and you can end up actually frying things that you thought were safe. The power grid, satellites, underground fiber optic cable, with copper sheaths, by the way, navigation, GPS systems, radio transmitters, even us here, and and communication equipment are all vulnerable. So in the case of a large CME, are we even on air? Folks, I don't have that answer. Doubtful we would be. And even if we were, it would take Charlie probably days, if not weeks, to bring things back online if that were the case. Charlie said, would your radio at home work? Depends on if it's portable or if it's plugged in. If it's plugged in, probably not. Think of a CME as being even, basically having the same effect as an EMP. Only greater. Only greater. Because of what we just talked about with the distortion of the Earth's atmosphere and so on, it's actually greater than that. Again, read 48 hours or listen to 48 hours. It does a better job of explaining this. And of course, it's telling a story of the people that are actually going through it, but read 48 hours. So has this happened before? As I said earlier, yes, it happened back in 1859. It was the last time that a CME reached Earth. It actually took out the telegraph system. Get this. Sparks were literally flying off the telegraph lines. Some operators got electrocuted because the wires ended up carrying high voltage which they then were not supposed to do back then, of course, but the magnetic field variations became so strong, it almost became a generator system and drove those currents down the telegraph wires. The heavy-duty wires of the telegraph were, were robust compared to the fragile electronics of today. So you lay that on top of the Internet with its very delicate electronics, you're talking about something that could really fry the system for a period of several weeks, Two months in terms of time it would take to repair all that infrastructure. All of the electronic switches, all of these closets of electronics in these office buildings, Becker said, they could all be fried. So we're talking pretty major, and it's not just communications, it's economic disruption too, obviously. And this would, by the way, cause an economic disruption to the tune of about 20 Billion, 10 to 20 billion, not total, folks, per day in the U.S. economy. That's the estimate. 10 to 20 billion per day of economic disruption. So not only would we not have the Internet, but what it does financially speaking to the country would be huge. And then all of the things that we've been talking about on this program for the past you know, year plus now, come to fruition. Keep in mind that a lot of what you even gather from your local store, the orders of or the automatic orders of are done over the internet. So all of that just-in-time delivery that we require to operate off of as a society, those go away. Oh, and thank you, Charlie, and your payment method just went away as well. They can't accept that because even to, used to be, I'm so old and I was, I've been in retail for so long 
and some of you are going to laugh at this or it'll bring back memories. I can remember where as a merchant, you had a credit card swiper, not the type that swipes the card, but you put the carbon copy paper in the machine that had suction cups on it that stuck to the counter that you then put the card and the, what do we call those little merchant, I don't know what they even call, I can't remember now, Charlie. We had the merchant slips. They were about four parts. They were carbon copy initially, and then they became carbon list, but you still put them in the machine. It had your merchant plate that you'd stick on the machine, two little screws that held it in, and that was all of your information, and you literally swiped the card. In other words, you rolled your credit card over the top of that plate. It had this little holder in it, and you rolled everything across, and then you filled out that slip according to the transaction, it's total taxes, total or subtotal taxes total. And then you got on the phone and you called the 1 800 number for said credit card company that was your merchant services. And you got authorization. So if Charlie was getting his car fixed with me and it was $355.55, I had to call the credit card company. They already, they'd asked my merchant number, which you would read off. And then you would give them the number. Oh, so funny. You read all this over the phone. And then they would say, what's the dollar amount? And I'd say $355.55. And then they would give you an authorization number as to whether or not Charlie's card was approved or not. And if sometimes they'd say declined. When it got really dicey, by the way, I know I'm old and I'm going back in time. When it got really dicey, they'd say, uh, retrieve card, please. And you'd be the bad guy then because that guy wanted his card back, but you were now asked to take the card from the customer and not give it back. You talk about being in a really precarious moment with a customer. When the credit card company said, you know, I don't remember how you hold card or the, I can't remember now what they used to say, but essentially take card from customer and you know retrieve card from customer. And you're like, oh, crap, thanks. Now I'm that guy. Now I'm going to be in the middle of the war zone. But as a merchant, that's what you were required to do. So if you didn't get the authorization, A, they couldn't buy whatever it was they were buying, and B, sometimes you had to retrieve the card. Sometimes it was simply a a decline and you handed the card back. But remember, this is the way we used to have to do it before the Internet. So to Charlie's point, you don't even pay for things like we're used to paying for. Now cash, would cash still work? I think at the supermarket, it probably would. Remember, there's a lot of places, though, now that don't take cash. And I think that's because they don't trust their people. But that's another conversation probably for uh, Rush to Reason during the week. They don't want to store it. They think it's too risky. They don't trust their people. They think they might pocket the money. On and on we go. Robberies, yes, all that. Thank you, Charlie. All of that. So I'm going to talk about this solar cycle peaking and making these storms more plentiful. And by the way, this is not to scare anyone. I've never done that on this program. I'll live my life each day like I need to. But will you be more prepared from listening to this? I hope so. You need to think about, do I have the ability to survive on a daily basis if the Internet goes away and maybe goes away for three to six months? How do you function if it does, in fact, go away 
for three to six months. For a lot of you, keep in mind, your job is dependent upon the Internet. How do you feed your family if all of a sudden the Internet's gone? How does your company survive if all of a sudden the Internet is gone? There's a lot of industry, auto included, that rely on the Internet to keep things operational day to day. How does that work if that happens. So we'll talk more about that again. Don't go anywhere. Ready Radio, ready-radio.com is our website. With hail season behind us now and snow season fast approaching, we here at Roof Savers Colorado want to help ensure that your roof can brave whatever elements this season ushers in. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners evaluate the best option for their situation. If you're looking to get more life out of your current roof, we offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. However, in the event a replacement is necessary, we will also work with any insurance company to get a damaged roof the replacement it needs. Do not let your home fall victim to the ever-changing Colorado climate. Be proactive and set up your free inspection to receive an honest evaluation of the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916, or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep your roof ready for wherever Colorado throws its way. Are you tired of being cooped up inside during the long, cold Colorado winter? Bring a touch of warmth and greenery to your backyard with a custom greenhouse from Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Our team of experts specializes in designing and building greenhouses that will enhance any outdoor space. Our greenhouses are made with the highest quality materials and are built to withstand the harsh Colorado winters. Plus, with a variety of styles and sizes to choose from, we can create the perfect greenhouse to fit your needs and budget. Imagine growing your own fresh herbs and vegetables even during the winter or creating a beautiful garden oasis in the comfort of your own home. Don't let the cold weather stop you from enjoying the benefits of gardening. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders today and start planning your dream greenhouse. Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Call 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972, and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. 
Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Are you looking for a health care provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and integrative health care, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. Are you tired of those unsightly sunken concrete areas around your property? Look no further than Raise Tech Concrete Leveling. Proudly serving the Colorado and surrounding communities, we understand the unique challenges posed by clay-rich soils. Does your garage or basement floor show signs of settling? Even those finished basements can experience issues, but don't worry. Our solution can save you both time and money compared to costly replacements. Introducing our revolutionary high-density polyurethane foam injection. We use a DOT-approved formula that's trusted on highways, ensuring top-tier quality for your project. While we can't fix structural issues, we can tackle a wide range of sunken concrete problems. And here's the best part. Our process is quick and hassle-free. Our expert team offers free inspections, taking just about 15 minutes of your time. One great thing is you don't even have to be home for the inspection. We want to ensure your complete satisfaction. Ready to take the first step toward a more even, safe, and beautiful property? Call Chadwick Gardner today at 970-682-5129. That's 970-682-5129. Race Tech Concrete Leveling. Lifting your concrete, lifting your spirits. Don't settle for sunken concrete any longer. Call us now at 970-682-5129. All right, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Appreciate you all joining me today, listening. And I know a lot of you are listening because you're texting and not calling, which is fine. And uh, the credit card, I still can't remember the name of the credit card swiper. Nobody has told me what that means. But businesses also don't do cash because too many people are are incapable of doing simple math. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's partially true. Uh, Yeah, I I can't... uh, I can't argue that. Um, actually, and my wife said, I'm dating myself, telling everybody that I know how to use a credit card. Um, I still can't remember the name of that stupid thing. I probably still have one kicking around someplace because for the longest time, you still had to have one of those as a backup in case you couldn't run a credit card electronically. You still had to do that. And I, to this day, I, I can't remember what that, what that is. Um, anyways, question I have for all of you is 
have you thought through that whole process of if you didn't have the internet for a prolonged length of time, how would you do? Okay? If you went a long period of time without the internet, what would you do? How would you do it? So to continue on with this article, solar cycle is peaking, making solar storms more plentiful. Tree rings and ice cores are evidence of much larger superstorms in the past. About, this article says, 14,000 years ago, solar flare, possibly hundreds of times stronger than the Carrington effect, impacted the Earth. NOAA forecasts the current solar cycle to ramp up and peak in 2024. So Becker said predicting solar storms is like predicting earthquakes. We just don't have control over the situation. He said that the odds are about 10% over the next decade. Something really large is going to happen that could potentially wipe out the Internet. How can we protect electronics? He and his team are watching the sun and modeling flares. Flares, he said, reach Earth in eight minutes. That sets the talk, that sets the clock ticking for the possible magnetic field disruption in 18 to 24 hours. If we have a warning, every minute counts because you can put satellites in safe mode. You can put uh, take transformers offline from the grid so they don't fry. Uh, there's things you can do to mitigate the problem. And then more long term, you're talking about hardening the Internet. And that, of course, is an economic challenge because it's sort of like an insurance policy. You may never need it. And it would cost trillions to really harden the system. He said most large corporations don't have the economic incentive to harden their system. In other words, folks, to put it more bluntly, it's not hardened. The grid itself, to a large extent, isn't hardened. You can micro-harden it, and I'll get into that here at a later date with some folks we'll bring on, but you can micro-harden some things, but on a wide-scale basis, it's not being done. Okay, so bottom line, we're not ready for anything along these lines. If it were to happen, we're very, very, very vulnerable. Not only is our electric grid vulnerable, but the Internet as well. So even in this case, even if the transformers and some things like that to protect the grid get taken off in time, most of the Internet would fail. It's not going to be prepared for this. And then again, I just have to ask all of you, Are you ready personally and as a family, and have you walked through what would you do with no internet? Now, I'll be the first to say, I think us old-timers, guys that can remember having to physically swipe a card on a quadruple, sometimes carbon-copied paper, could we figure out how to survive? Yeah, because we remember what it was like when it didn't exist. People that have gotten so used to functioning off of it, would they? I think, Charlie, that we'd be in for a really hard road because most of our generations, again, I would say even under the age of 50, Charlie, have lived with the Internet so fully that I'm not sure they know how to function without it. And quite frankly, even folks my age, where they didn't have to do the things that I did Even as a business owner, without the internet, I'm not sure they'd function. They've become so inherently dependent upon the internet for every single thing they do, I don't know how they function. And I'll be the first to say I'm spoiled by it. 
I'm spoiled by the internet. Again, what I do here, I'm spoiled. I carry around a laptop and my phone. I, I don't carry paper. I occasionally will write some notes down, but not often. The majority of what I do, as I opened up the show with, is done electronically. So I just encourage you to really think through what are you doing? How would you handle this? How would your kids handle this? Do you even have enough things in your home to keep them occupied if the Internet weren't around? Uh, Mark from Wiggins said they actually purposely will shut things down, electronically speaking, once a week to make sure that everyone in the house knows what it's like to go without. Great idea, by the way. Practice. It's really what he's saying is run, do a practice run. How do you handle things if the Internet's down? Remember also, folks, the fuel that you use to put in your car to drive from A to B requires the Internet to function. And you're thinking, well, how does that? No, it doesn't. Actually, it does. The entire order process of what's going into those tanks on a sometimes daily basis, weekly basis, is done off of the Internet. There's monitors in each tank. Those monitors are actually, believe it or not, cell-driven, i.e. Internet, telling the gas company when tanks are low and when they need to be filled and how much each one needs. The station operator does very little in regard to that. All of that communicated through the Internet. Most people don't realize that. But that's today's modern fuel station. There's still probably a few floating around where somebody picks up the phone and orders, you know, however many thousands of gallons they think they might need for that particular week, but that is rare. Used to be you'd see a guy running around with a big long stick. I used to have to do this when I was at the dealership back in the day. You'd go dip the tank to see how much fuel was in said tank. We had a big stick that was like a big yardstick, only it was square, and it was all marked off, and it was about 20 foot long. And you'd go carry that out to the tank. You'd open the lid. You'd stick it down. You'd dip it. You'd pull it out. You'd see how, you know, you'd see where the mark was, and you knew this is how many gallons were in the tank. You know, 500, 800, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, whatever. And you knew as you got lower, you needed a call and make a load. You'd get a load in, otherwise you'd be out of fuel. That's how it used to be done. Now, even me at my fleet shop, we have on-site tanks, and even at my fleet shop, it's all done electronically. I, don't, I haven't dipped a tank in I don't know how many years. You don't need to anymore. There's measuring devices in the tank that go to whoever you're buying fuel from, and they tell them where you're at, and it just shows up. Again, done through the Internet. We have become so dependent on it that if it weren't there, how do you operate? Lastly, I do want to close with this. This is an article, by the way, on 9 News. And I've seen some of these emails floating around, uh, messages, posts, and so on, talking about sex traffickers and how they will do certain things to your vehicle to market as a potential grab. They're false. Online posts claiming sex traffickers target people with a variety of tactics like zip ties or codes on cars they are not backed by evidence. In other words, they're sort of wives' tales, urban legends. Human trafficking, of course, refers to a crime where traffickers profit off the expense of another by forcing them to engage in sex or perform other types of labor. 
Posts shared across the Internet over the years have warned people of alleged tactics that sex traffickers are using to target their vehicles. Some of these posts warn that traffickers are marking vehicles with codes, putting zip ties on door handles. One article claims that the zip tie method signals other traffickers to let them know that you might be a potential target. Other posts claim that traffickers use abandoned car seats to lure in potential victims. Another viral online warning claims that traffickers are placing tissues or napkins laced with toxins on door handles or gas pumps. None of these have turned out to be true, by the way. So while you need to be, and I talk about this on this program, while you need to be vigilant when you're doing some of these things, you're walking up out of your car. Uh, my wife was telling me yesterday that she was going someplace and she noticed there was a little riffraff going on in the particular parking lot of the store she was going to go shopping in. And to her credit, she immediately leaves and decided, I don't need anything bad enough that I need to go in while this nonsense going, is going on in the parking lot. Look like a drug deal or something like that going on. That's what I'm talking about, folks. Be vigilant. And if something doesn't look right, it probably isn't. If something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. Use your own common sense and judgment. If it doesn't seem right, move on. In her case yesterday, she did exactly what I would want her to do. Don't stop. Keep driving, even if it means driving through the parking lot. Keep yourself away from shady individuals. If Again, if it doesn't seem right, like it's right, it probably isn't, and move on. Now, on the same token, a lot of these things that are shared as urban legends all over the Internet are frankly not true. Does it mean that the sex traffickers aren't out there targeting people? No, they still are. Are they using these tactics? Probably not. Does it mean you still need to be vigilant when you're out and about shopping, getting gas, doing the things that you do? absolutely you need to be vigilant to keep yourself safe. So I hope today's program has helped all of you. Just be careful, think ahead, have common sense, know your surroundings, and just watch for indicators of things that might be coming so that you and your family are always prepared. This is Ready Radio, ready-radio.com. Appreciate you for listening to a replay show as well. Our text line 307-200-8222.